the other night I was having dinner with some parishioners, and the conversation piece came up about, uh, about you know, where you grew up and how you grew up, and, you know, talking about the, the closeness of the neighbors, of how the neighbors, they wouldn't, they wouldn't come and knock at the door, they would just walk on in, you know, because neighbors were like family, essentially. And so it was, it was when I was reading this gospel um, that we just heard of, of our Lord with Martha and Mary, it seemed to me that there's a, a great closeness that's present here, you know, that our, our Lord is not one of those people who, who comes to the front door of the house and knocks and waits, uh, but rather he's one who kind of, he knows how to get in. He knows, he knows what's, you know, the, he knows the door is open. He knows he's welcome, and he comes and makes himself at home. There's this closeness that he has with Martha and Mary, as well as their brother Lazarus. We know this on account of the, the closeness that he has with them individually, as each of them show up in numerous places in the Gospels, that he, he makes several appearances at their house in Bethany. And so it's this, uh, this recognition, this understanding that, that our Lord is close to them and they to him. We see this also by the fact that, that Martha is one who has rather kind of straightforward words with our blessed Lord. In the gospel today, of course, we have the, the story of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Martha comes up, and, you know, much like, like a child complaining about their sibling not doing their share of the work, going to saying, you know, Dad, she's not helping. Tell her to help me, right? How easy it can happen. Certainly, it happened in my family a number of times. Usually, I was the lazy one sitting somewhere. I wasn't sitting at the feet of Jesus. I was usually just watching TV or something to that effect. But nonetheless, there's this closeness that Martha feels to our Lord where she's comfortable going to Him and saying these things. We can also recognize another time where she kind of brings a concern to Him that one might not always do so if our Lord was kind of distant from them. The time when Lazarus dies and our Lord comes to raise him up, it's Martha who meets him there and says, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. It's kind of a bold, a bold statement, certainly a profession of her faith in him, but also a, a bold thing to have said. You were supposed to be here. There's a closeness that Martha has to our blessed Lord, and we see it in these as well as in other instances. Unfortunately, sometimes, though, whenever we read the gospel, it seems like that may not exactly be the case. And this is one of the shortcomings, if we can speak of such, of the gospels themselves. The gospels, whenever they, they contain the, the, the life of our blessed Lord, but it's the 33 years of the life of a man, 30 of which is kept quietly, and then the three years that he is present, the three years that he is, is active in his ministry, uh, his entire, all of his works and, and, his, and his deeds, uh, all of the things that he says, powerful though they might have been, are summed up in really just a few pages, relatively speaking. St. John tells us that if we wrote down everything that he did and said, it would be more volumes to fill the world, but that's not what we have. We have a very small selection of things. And so also we recognize that our Lord gets the biggest piece, but even then, uh, the, the apostles, most of the apostles, don't, they, they get a, a, a mention by name, but we don't know much about them. You know, a few of them, you know, speak here and there, and that's recorded. Our blessed mother has a few lines. St. Joseph, the foster father of the Son of God, has not one word recorded in sacred scripture about himself. It's the reality is that whenever we come to the gospel, we only get a very small portion of things. And unfortunate for Martha, Martha gets this negative image portrayed about her. We can think also of St. Thomas, poor Thomas the Apostle, doubting Thomas, 
Never mind the three years he walked with Jesus. <laughs> Never mind the many acts of faith that he did. Never mind following our Lord and doing all kinds of things, working miracles and working wonders in his name and going out and evangelizing the world and laying down his life. No. One time, Thomas says, I'm not going to believe until I put my finger into his hands and all ages refer to him as Doubting Thomas. One time. And so with Martha. This one time she is caught and her sister Mary is sitting at the feet of our Lord. And Martha is busy about many things. Because when Jesus comes, it's not just Jesus. It's Jesus plus 12. Right? It's always a recognition. Jesus always has a table of 13 when he shows up anywhere. So it's our blessed Lord who comes, and, and Martha is, is busy about all these things. And because this one particular time we have recorded in the gospel, always and everywhere, Martha is busybody Martha, who can't make the right decision. She chooses the wrong thing. Poor Martha. She just can't get her life together, huh? And we can have this idea that, that Martha is just kind of a, a second-class disciple, that, Martha, that, that Mary, Mary knows what she's doing. Mary chose the better part. Mary listens to Jesus. She sits at his feet. She's always found at his feet. And then there's Martha buzzing, buzzing about all kinds of things. The reality is that Martha is buzzing about things because she knew Jesus, because there was an intimacy with him. It's been my experience that whenever people come over and I'm entertaining people or whenever I go into to other people's homes, especially family or close friends, that, you know, they, they, don't, uh, they don't kind of just stop cooking or stop preparing whatever it is when you show up. If it's not done, they keep cooking. <laughs> they keep mixing salad. Usually they hand you something, something and say, hey, you do such and such, right? <laughs> they put you to work too. And it's, you know, you're just kind of drawn into things. It, it's, you know, that all the preparations don't stop whenever you arrive, if you're family, you're just kind of brought into things. And this, I think, is what's happening with Martha. She's, you know, busy about all of these things, but it's because there is an intimacy with our Lord, because He is so frequently found at their home that she's close to Him. Although they may not be blood family, they certainly are treated as family. There's this deep, deep intimacy that's present here in Martha. And this, I think, is the unfortunate thing that we sometimes can forget because it's helpful for us to remember that Martha was a great lover of the Lord. In the end, she is Saint Martha. She's not just uh, Martha with a capital M. She's got the S-T period in front. She's a saint of God, that closeness with our blessed Lord, presuming all of these things. And I say it's an encouragement to us because while we often look to Mary to be able to, to sit at the feet of Jesus and to be able to listen to him, to, to be people of prayer who are content to, uh, to come and to rest with our Lord, indeed, she is a model for us, and we are to do these things. It's also an encouragement to us to have that other example of Martha, Mary who seems to be making all the right decisions here, but then Martha, the one who, although she loves the Lord with her whole heart, although she, is, she is, you know, de desires the Lord and, and rejoices that he has come to the home, She's also busy about things and sometimes gets things mixed up. And in her discipleship, she shows us, is not always perfect. It's imperfect. And yet she loves the Lord and receives him into her home. This, I think, is the invitation for us to recognize that while we ought strive to be, Mar while we ought to strive to be Mary and to, to always choose the better part, there are times where we don't. And there are times where we fall short. We choose something better. We choose something less. We choose the second best thing. 
we get distracted from focusing upon the Lord first above all things and choose, uh, you know, whatever happens to be happening in the world around us. And this is the encouragement is that, yeah, indeed these things may happen, but it doesn't mean that we can't stay back to our Lord. It doesn't mean that we can't, can't come and, and, and sit with Him afterwards when we realize these things. I have to consider that, in, that after being rebuked here in the midst of this, that Martha probably said, you know, okay, <laughs> and kind of sat down for a minute and said, you know, you're right, Lord. And she rested with him right there alongside Mary. As this is the encouragement for us today, to be able to sit with our Lord, to rest with him. And even if we do it imperfectly like Martha does today, nonetheless, to persevere in striving for it to seek this time with him. And so the invitation is given to us to pray. I would encourage each of you to, to spend at least 15 minutes a day in prayer, at least 15 minutes. If we can do more, God be praised. To make sure that time that is spent with our Lord and that getting to know him, being able to have that intimacy with him, that one day whenever the Lord calls us to the gates of heaven, we can walk right in. We don't have to stand at the gate but rather, we know that we are home, that we are family, we brought into the joy of the kingdom that awaits.